This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Y'all ready to get Frank stated? Frank J. Porcaro. One of my best friends, a brother from another mother. He originally answered my call to the 10 All In program. If y'all remember that, you can even YouTube it. It was an opportunity for a year-long immersion with me where we got to run an event together. We got to build a brand with my clients cashing in on their passion. The goal was to 10x their initial investment in the program by getting paid to do something they would pay to do. And out of the potential hundred thousands of people that heard the call, the hundreds of people that sent in an application, all the people that went through the application process, and then the 10 people that ended up signing up, Frank J was the only one that I would say truly, he, he went all in the most. He went all in the most. And this uh, broadcast slash podcast is really more about story time. We've shared so much life together, and Frank J is a great storyteller. And he tells some stories about bending time and space in here that I really challenge you to tune in. It's not maybe as much as like the self-development bullet points as it is much as a practice and presence and getting to hear what's not being heard, getting to feel what's being said, getting to feel what's not being said, and to realize where the feelings are com- they're coming from. Are they coming from me? Are they coming from Frank J? Are they coming from you? And a practice in discerning that and a practice in uh, just kind of surrendering to the power of symbology in the form of words expressed in a poetic way. And Frank J has a real gift for that. And I trust this uh, story time with Frank J is going to be illuminating to you. Keep breaking normal, y'all. And definitely leave a review on the podcast. Last time I checked, We had 105 star reviews, and uh, that being said, let me choose one of the reviews to read, and then we'll get ready to rock and roll with Frank J. Okay, this review was left by Marty Pants on Christmas Eve, December 24th. The uh, title of the review is I've Been Waiting for This, and Marty's awesome. She's actually one of my friends that attended a tribe design in Maui about a year ago, and I've been on her podcast, and I actually helped her launch her, her, birth her baby, actually. That was a month-long program. Uh, that meant birthing your book, app, business, and or year plan, once again, revolved around your passion. And this was soon after I got to see Davina being birthed in my living room, and I was so inspired. I'm like, man, that's right after I saw that birth, it was time for me to birth my book, and I was ready to be a midwife for other people's uh, creative expressions, whether it was a book, an app, a business. And I'm still open to do that. So always, if you have any ideas or epiphanies or ways to synergize, reach out to me at breakingnormal.com. And here's Marty's review, and then let's dive in with Frank J. OMG. I've been waiting for this. This podcast is truly the piece of the puzzle that's been missing from the Breaking Normal Masterpiece, and it came just in divine timing. Yes, we love the book and the retreats and the social media content, but man, this podcast takes it all to another level. If you're a fan of Daniel Eisenman and his work, this podcast will not disappoint. These conversations will throw you in for a loop and break your normal in just under an hour. Highly recommended. Wow. Thank you, Marty. Let's get this power hour going with Frank J., y'all. Boom. Yeah, Frank Jay-Z. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. So I'm going to pick – oh, so cool that this review from Leah Gallegos, who we both know because she was there at the start of the 10 All-In journey. Uh, Frank Jay, for a, if you who don't know, is the one of like probably thousands to hundreds of thousands of people that were highly fascinated by my 10 All-In program that started a couple of years ago. 
or no, more like four years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that went all the way. <laughs> he went all in. <laughs> he lived up to the program's name, and there's so many cool stories I'm excited to share with him. And I wanted to choose a review to read out loud to give some people the context of what these experiences might be like for the listener. And leave your reviews, too. Maybe we'll get to share them out loud, and it really helps the uh, god of the Internet, the algorithms, amplify the law of attraction and more people get to start breaking normal for who are looking for it so this is leah's review of the breaking normal podcast frank j and maybe you'll get a better idea of maybe what we're getting to do she's cool i have known daniel since 2014 and have long awaited this podcast daniel has the way of finding brilliant minds and asking the questions others are afraid to ask no doubt that he will have radically abnormal, fun conversations with some of my favorite influencers and creators in the world. Also, if you get the chance to go to one of Daniel's events, it will undoubtedly change your life profoundly for the better. So I think that's pretty on brand for it, where we could start because we just wrapped up our 10th International Tribe Design, which is a company wow. that we co-founded, birthed from the completion of the Ten All In program. So I guess from your perspective, how would you share the story of us knowing each other up to this point? Like, I guess, elevator to the Empire State Building style, because I know there's a lot. Oh, yeah. What a journey. man! You and I lived so much life in the last three and a half, four years. Just think about the places that we've traveled and just like made this happen, made International Tribe Design. This was our 10th one. And it started on the Hawaiian Islands in Kauai, which is fantastic. Um, how we met, from what I remember, like I saw you and your brothers doing raw bras and the retreats that you were doing. At that same time, I was speaking to youth. I was running leadership programs in high schools and organizations. I got hired to speak to 6,000 people in northern Peru, men, women, children, Um And I got to a point where I was just feeling like I didn't want to depend on somebody to hire me for an organization, like an organization to go and give my gift. So I felt intuitively like, you know, I'm, I want to share my message in these immersive retreats. I want to create my own transformational retreats. And I had these visions of going to these exotic lands and going deep into our inner world into our emotions and our heart and like really making powerful breakthroughs around that same time I came across your 10 all in video and it was just like and then you had like the the b-roll footage of of you in these majestic lands may have these transformational retreats I'm like yep that's it and like I know from my journey like I'm I'm all in like I I've made so many sacrifices or risk so to speak that like I burnt my britches a long time ago before I met you so it was just like I had no other choice but to go all in so I was like yeah I'm in and um at the time I didn't have like the financial investment but you saw something in me you were like yeah wow this guy's passionate this guy's enthusiastic and I remember shortly after I actually started helping you with the 10 all in we started working together and um, and then join that. Once we came into that, our one of our first tasks was to host a retreat together. We chose Kauai. We went to Kauai. We did that retreat. And then after that retreat, I 
had another retreat, my own, planned in Maui, but we started to talk about ideas, and you kind of overheard me and our friend Tyson, which synchronously went along the journey with us as well. You're like, how about New Year's Evolution Fest? I just remember you saying that, like, how about you do a retreat called New Year's Evolution Fest? And then we're talking about, like, well, what if we brought all these diverse, creative, athletic, unique people together? And, like, and like you've always held true to this message, like, how can we team up beyond agreement? How can we love each other in our diversity? And that's kind of the conversation. We just sat down in our in our home in Kauai and we just like started to brainstorm. I remember we even got the pad out and we started writing like international tribe design, innovative, and we we're just going. We went to a full creative session and then you're like, yo, you know, I know this guy from South Africa that has this like mansion home on this amazing property with fruit orchards and miniature donkeys. Like they filmed Jurassic Park near there and like you're like maybe maybe we can connect connect with him. You can you text him in the moment talking about media action. You text him in the moment, and he's like, oh, I'm leaving for South Africa tomorrow, but I can meet you at Anahola Juice and have a short conversation on our way out. And we did that, and he's like, oh, yeah, the, the place is open on uh, January 2nd. We wanted to do it on New Year's, but it was like January 2nd. And then we just kind of – and and then, sure enough, we went to Maui. You did another retreat. I did another retreat. We're both in our individual flow, and then it came to a decision – at the Whole Foods, I believe it was, in Maui. We're like, are we going to do this? They're like, yeah, we'll, we're going to do this. A month later, we had 91 people in this mansion and on this property in Kilauea, Kauai, and Tribe Design was born. <laughs> and that was it. Man, and on the journey now, since we've cultivated and co-created and synergized with these all these different amazing people from around the world, where J.P. Sears did his first comedy show and met now his wife and where our friend Raj made his second baby. I mean, like, the stories just go on and on and on. Like, what has this journey been like for you in a coconut shell of stewarding the energy of Tribe Design to the completion of its 10th event on the Big Island a few days ago with me? Wow, well... I shared this in the appreciation exercise that we did towards the end of this last retreat with you that when I look in your eyes and like I just know you very well because of being in partnership with you these last few years it's just I don't know anyone else that is willing to put choose faith over fear again and again and again and again and again and again and again so it's been such like it's like so ingrained in my soul choosing faith there's no other way meaning like choosing to do what we are inspired to do regardless of any limitation and that's what we've done and we've always pulled through and we've always been successful i don't think there's been a time where we weren't successful and and it got to the points where like real like we we had a lot of pressure we had a lot of opportunities to face fear or, or to get the opportunity to choose faith or fear and so for me to see it always come full circle again and again has been a huge journey for me. And then second thing is the amount of people that we brought together. I mean, we really built a global tribe that are having these authentic conversations that are willing to say, hey, we may disagree and I love you and I still love you. And let's actually let's let's not just talk about it, but let's live it. You know, what's different about tribe design towards other personal development experiences is that tribe design 
isn't really interested in too much talking about the ideas or the philosophies or whatever. Or like, well, let's do it now. Like, like to actually have this embodiment of an experience and, and feel what it feels like to be human and to connect and then feel disconnected and then talk about it. And, and I believe that's super transformational. It's getting people out of their head and into their heart in a really rapid way. Yeah, yeah. And then and on the note of staying truth to your path and talking about it, where do you feel that you are now, now that you've designed these 10 tribes? Because mm-hmm. it's a conversation we've had recently just expressing it out loud here and there. But what is your heart's calling now? And and how does that fit into tribe design? Wow. Well, through this journey of tribe design, you know, it's funny because we would team up and we would live together in a certain location like Byron Bay, Australia, or uh, Glacier National Park, or Whitefish, Montana, like right next to Glacier, or wherever we were in the world, we would live together and up to the event. So I'd be so immersed with the tribe and with with the ethos of tribe design. And then I would leave. And then people would be like, where did Frank J go? Like, where, where are you going? And it's like, oh, I, I'm getting called. Like, I got to go to England. And then I'll like, then I'm fi- I'm in Iceland. And then like, oh, then I he just ended up in Spain. Like, how did he get there? You know, and, and like, why is he living in Macedonia for the month? And to me, I just, I, over the years, I just had these impulses in my heart, these like real genuine like callings, like I just got to do this. And I would meet somebody and they, and they would say something that resonated so deeply. And, and again, just acting on that, choosing that faith, choosing that my intuition is leading me to my highest evolutionary path always. So I, as my journey has expanded alongside with you and alongside with Tribe Design. Personally, I, I started to go to these interesting pockets of, of energy, these, these lands um, that, that brought me into a deeper appreciation of, of nature and then also a deeper curiosity of, well, who am I really? It's like these memories and, 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 and these like learn... The, these lessons of of history um, that are relevant to my evolution, my ancestry, and so, for example, two years ago, I went to host a one day seminar with our friend Gary Rhodes. He's a serial entrepreneur from England. Uh, he came to our first tri- uh, tribe, actually, Radical Living Retreat, the the retreat before Tribe Design. Um, him and I did a one-day seminar, and then a woman messages me randomly. She's like, you got to go to this place called Glastonbury in England. And I was like, oh, wow, that, thank you. Like, that's such a cool, I'm open to ideas. But then she really persisted. She's like, no, you really got to go. Like, you really got to go. It's like so magical. Like, you got to go. And my mom was actually flying in 30 days after that randomly to England with my aunt to go see a New York Giants game in England. They do it like once every so often. So I'm like, well, if my mom's coming to Europe, this, how cool would it be to see my mom in England? So I might as well just get a place for 30 days. Let me go and see what this girl's talking about. She was so persistent in me going to uh, Glastonbury that she flew from Switzerland to meet me there and guide me into the land of Avalon. Now, the land of Avalon or the ancient Isle of Avalon is this is a myth or it is um, a dimension of reality that lives amongst this town called Glastonbury. 
So I'm like, what is this mystery? Like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. I get there and she is this like priestess, this pagan priestess. And she starts to guide me through the lands of Avalon and tell me these stories of myth and magic. And I'm like on this land and then she leaves and I wind up finding a perfect place to stay for exactly the amount of time I needed in this amazing place. And the experiences that I had there just opened my whole perception of like how I what this world is really about and what my world can be about. And um, I actually wrote a book there that I'd never even showed anybody. I wrote it. I woke up at five in the morning. I took a cold shower and then I wrote for three hours for 21 days. And I wrote a book called get on the plane and go. <laughs> that sounds, I'm, I'm more, okay. It sounds like now more people are going to be curious about it. I, wrote, I, I haven't looked at it since Whoa. I just wrote this book. And, but anyway, um, I after I left Avalon or Glastonbury, this this my whole energy changed. I started perceiving things in a whole different way, and I continued to have these mysterious encounters that just got me more and more curious about the mysteries of life. And so now it's like I'm passionate about bringing people into this into this reality of 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 like this palpable relationship with nature it's like more silent like i i i've seen you perceive this place and i've seen other people as well but it's just so clear to me that i want to talk about the mystery like i want to bring people into the mystery um so that's that's where i'm at now and i'm moving into more of a mystery school and a mystery travel pilgrimages and 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 all types of fun stuff and on that note, so talking about the mystery and the magic, we were on our retreat, I guess just right down the road from our retreat. You ran into the guy, David. Do you know his last name? The guy that told us that if you ever have an impact, make sure you breathe out on impact oh to, survive, to, to survive. Did you run into that guy? I seen him running down the beach. The last time I seen him was in Maui when we had that really oh, – well, Yeah, I want to talk about that. Do you remember his last name? I don't remember. Okay, so there's this guy named David, and, and I met this guy. Um, Cal kept telling me – our friend, mutual friend Cal kept telling me, I have to meet this guy named David. Like, uh, you want to meet this guy. And I met, and I went outside, and I talked to a guy one day outside the coffee shop, the coffee hut in uh, Kahului. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I think that's where it was. It was somewhere, maybe hold. Who knows? Who knows? But I, I went outside, and I started talking to this guy. And I, I think I recognized him as potentially the guy Cal said, and sure enough, it was him. And this was right when I was around the idea, like, oh, I need to go to, I need to publish a book. Like that was why I was, I need to birth this book. And I started talking to him, and he said he's running a book publishing workshop tomorrow. <laughs> So I went to the book publishing workshop, and, and you know how many you know who else showed up except me? No one. <laughs> and then we burnt, we put Breaking Normal as a draft on Create Space, so it could be published on Amazon. So that was the original birthplace. And the way I understood what he did, he gave me a business card, and he was like a mystery school teacher or something. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And now, so I don't know what that exactly means, but what does this mean that you're doing this mystery oh, school wow. for to you? Well, because the mystery school. That's just a connection. And I just want to be clear, you saw him a few days ago here on the Big Island like three or four years later since. I just saw him running across the beach <laughs> the last time. <laughs> But you recently saw him a few days ago, correct? You're on the yeah. big island. You're, and that's where you saw him recently, just running across just the running across and the beach. And he was like, that guy looks familiar. And he, this guy was so funny, man. Yeah. He was telling us all types of things. Just like, who? And, and the, his business card, if I remember correctly, is something about a mystery school. So I'm wondering, what does a mystery school mean to you? Is 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so bring more clarity to that mystery. For me, the mystery school, like there's been ancient mystery schools that have taught like esoteric lineages and like really deep kind of um, devotional paths. And th- it's a very common um, way of explaining a school that is teaching or bringing people into more spiritual experiences. But for me, I, I just like I like the idea of the mystery school um, because it leaves it open to the unknown. And I feel that I'm not into teaching any kind of spiritual path, more so just like bringing people closer into really discerning their intuition. Um, so for me, the mystery school is, is someone's life. We're all in the mystery school. <laughs> Here we are. We're in the school of mysteries. And the whole purpose of this quest is to discover deeper and deeper meaning for it. And it can change over time. So to me, like, I've gone to a place in my life where I'm not, I don't really believe in anything. But I have foundational beliefs that serve me. And if a belief comes that chooses, like, that interrupts my old belief, then I want to work through that and upgrade. So it's like, to me, it's just like, I, I, it's the mystery. It's the curiosity. Looking from the eyes of a child. That's why I feel mystery is so important, and it's fun to feel. Like, I was actually writing a post today. I haven't finished it because we've been doing our thing today. Um, But it's like I'm so tired of people that are defending science to explain life. And I'm so tired of people that are creating, trying to prove spirituality and try to – make it seem like it is the right thing. I'm I'm tired of people seeking truth. I'm like really fed up with the fed up in a way of the conversation of just like trying to figure life out. And I'm more interested in experiencing it as a mystery. And I feel like that is a much higher consciousness. Not like higher more superior inferior, but just like it's a way of like freedom. It's like, yeah, like why are you wasting your time trying to figure things out when you're in <laughs> heaven? And like it is, it is infinite. And like how deep can you feel? How deep can you experience? How deep, like how can you look at one thing and literally see a spectrums of what it possibly could mean and be so okay with not even defining it at all and just being in awe of all the possible things that it can mean? And that's what I'm curious about. That's how I want to live my life. And I feel like that really serves people because it gets them away from this right or wrong, this good or bad, this what's my purpose in life. or th- You know, it's just like this rigidness of pain and pleasure into pure freedom, freedom to be. Everything's allowed. And I think when, when someone really embodies that, they'll naturally gravitate to, to homeostasis. And that homeostasis or that coherent rhythm of their body and their heart and their sexuality will naturally be a creative force of benevolence because I believe that's where we all come from is love. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing you say is that you are done with trying to limit things with labels and more unlocking the unlimitedness Mm -hmm. by appreciating the unexplainable. (laughs) 
And uh, that being said, I know you said you had a story about time, and I'm like, it sounds very intriguing, but you're saying it's like beyond time. So I'm, I'm like, well, I have a podcast. Why don't we talk about that time story on the podcast? Is this a good time for you it's to talk about? It's a perfect time. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear the time story. So this is a mystery in itself, and I'm so curious to hear any reviews or feedbacks or comments of what this could possibly mean. And a part of me is actually scared to share this. It's part of me scared to share this because it, it can be really deep. It can, it can be deep. So this is a story about time. I'm going to share it. Actually, we did. I told this story to our group that that we're staying with right now, and someone was recording it on their phone, and at the 13 minute mark of recording it, it shut off, and and the phone shut off. And it wasn't saved. <laughs> and usually if like a video shuts off, it will save the video it has. It actually it could deleted the whole video. Welcome to the mystery. Welcome to the mystery. So I'm going to share this. Hopefully this podcast captures it. <laughs> okay. And I've had crazy things go on my phone before Frank J. dives into the story. I'm curious also in the podcast reviews if you want to talk about it have you ever had something crazy happen with your phone i was sharing a story of frank j before i even heard about this story about when we left um well actually when i before i started this podcast and i invited hal brandon jp several of them on the podcast when i delivered the deer leg when we were uh, leaving the driveway my phone just started playing playing what sounded like a plant medicine ceremony out loud like it was like broadcasting on speakerphone for about 40 plus seconds and jp and i were just like in awe and then it stopped, and we drove off, and it was unexplainable. So, um, so there, I'm curious if anyone else has unexplainable mysteries with their phone, and then I'm excited to dive into this time wow. mystery as we broadcast this on people's phones through a podcast. I love that. Like when you, It just exhilarates me to hear mystery stories, and it's not uncommon. There's so many people that have experienced something that's unexplainable, but the mind usually – most people's minds are so afraid to even like attempt to try to understand it that they'll immediately rationalize it. And and I like to leave it just better as a mystery. Why can't we just appreciate maybe there is something more? And like well, maybe there's not, but well, let's just feel what that feels like. Like, And some people are scared to um, – this is one thing I learned about a little controversial spice just to prolong the anticipation of the embar- embarking upon the story – I, I, it was really illuminating to me to do this, any videos about vaccines, especially when Deanna uploaded about her vlog when we discussed it, because so many people messaged us privately talking about all the issues their children had after taking vaccines. And it was like they didn't know who to talk about it with. I guess they were maybe fearing the public opinion, because talking about vaccines in a negative way publicly, does, it seems there's a pattern that some people get riled up. And I realized because we talked about it publicly, just our opinions about it, all these people started coming to us with all their mysterious stories that that no one maybe even has heard of yet. So what I'm saying is that not only are there so many mysterious stories, but I think there's a lot unreported because people fear that they'll stick out too much or they fear breaking normal. They used to. They used to fear breaking normal. So let's start breaking normal. Yeah, what if like everyone just started breaking normal? <laughs> and then... then, <laughs> then <laughs> It would become normal to be unnormal, to be a human being, a creative, spontaneous human being that can not be defined or put in a fucking box. All right, I'm going to share this story of time. Now, it's a story of time, and I'll um, 
I really want to share it properly, you know, do my best to share it in a condensed amount of time. <laughs> funny, funny enough. Um, okay. Okay, so it's a story about time. So you have to really stick with me linearly around uh, as I share the story um, and really pay attention to the timeline. Okay, so I was in Tulum, Mexico. And my retreat just ended. I just hosted an, uh, a retreat on the shadow, on the subconscious mind or the shadow for all women. And retreat just ended. The following day, I took a rest day. I had a few days until my flight out from Tulum. I took a rest day that next day. And then I kept asking people like, you know, I want to explore this area. I know there's a lot around here, but like, what, what do I have to do? Like, what, where do I have to go? And from three respectable sources told me I had to go to this ancient Mayan city called Koba. And they're like, there's Mayan ruins and there's pyramids. So you got to go. I'm like, okay, that's the one spot that I'm certain I'm going to go. So that following day, I, I woke up and I did some errands and I'm doing what I got to do. And now it's in like late afternoon and it's about a 45 minute drive from Tulum to Koba. And the park closes at five. So I like, I, I, it was too late. So I'm like, damn, all right. So I'm going to go to sleep early tonight and I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to go and explore this day. I wind up actually talking to our, our business partner, Tyson, on the phone for like two hours. <laughs> and um, and I went to sleep at like two or three in the morning and I wind up oversleeping my alarm clock that I set for 7.30. I woke up, I checked my phone, it's 9.36. Okay, so I overslept my alarms. It's 9.36. So I'm like, oh, man, I overslept. So I got up, and um, I'm putting on music. I'm taking my supplements. I'm, I'm taking a shower, um, and I'm packing my clothes. I'm getting ready, and I spend like a solid hour. So now it's like 10.30-something, 10.40, and I'm just finishing up packing. I'm texting. I'm, I'm doing some business on my phone, and I'm like, oh, man, I really want to make this cacao drink that I've been drinking but I'm like it's almost 11 and I got to get out of here at 11 because I'm checking out of my place I'm checking a new place at night so I didn't even do it because I was the checkout time was at 11 so I finally get all my stuff packed and I walk out the door I check my phone it's exactly at 11 I was like yeah like it's 11 right like I felt good about that I saw Marcos he was the property manager and I was like Marcos can I leave my luggage here because I'm going to Coba and I'll be back tonight and I can pick it up and I'm going to check into a new place. He's like, sure, no problem. I gave him 50 pesos, right? Walk down the street to this place called Matcha Mamas. This is where they like do smoothies and acai bowls and stuff. And it's really hot, like so hot. And I'm like, man, I'm just like, it's hot. And I get to the place and it's packed and there's a lot of people there. And um, I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm like waiting for somebody to take my order, but they're super busy. And I'm there for maybe like five to 10 minutes. So just think about timing, right? Five to 10 minutes, I finally order my drink. And I'm waiting there and I'm so hot and there's a coconut stand right next to the to Macha Mama. So I'm like, all right, let me go over there. Let me get a coconut. So I get a coconut. The guy's like real old guy taking his time, giving me a coconut. If I get the coconut, I'm drinking the coconut, talking to him about baseball and in like broken Spanish. He's like, ooh, you know, Dodgers. Like he really likes baseball. And this is cute old man. And we talk for maybe like, I mean like a solid 
seven to ten minutes, say, so to speak. So I'm like, oh, man, I got to go, right? And I walk over, and now I'm really full from the coconut. It was a big coconut. And I'm waiting, and I still haven't got my smoothie. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, it's almost like I'm looking at my phone, and it's like half past 11. And just relative, right, like with the timing. It's like getting, it's like half 11 around there. I don't remember exactly. Um, but I'm like, man, I really got to go, like, I'm starting to get antsy, and um, I finally get my smoothie, and now my stomach is, like, full, like, I'm, like, full of shit, literally, so I'm, like, I gotta go to the bathroom, so I go to the bathroom, I'm in the bathroom for, like, a solid 10 minutes, like, oh, it's, like, really uncomfortable, it's hot, and, and then I come out, I get my smoothie, I'm, like, I can't even drink this smoothie right now, I'm so uncomfortable, and I'm just, like, I'm, I gotta go, so I'm walking, back to my place i get my little scooter i'm starting to trying to save my green smoothie because this is amazing i just couldn't drink it at the time i'm pouring it into a water bottle it's pouring down the side i'm like wiping it up it's just a mess right and just think about time and so now it's a relatively around 12 o'clock ish i finally get my stuff and i head and i got gas and then i'm off to copa now it's 45 minutes for a regular car i'm in a scooter so i'm about i'm going about 40 kilometers less than normal speed when I get to Cobra, I go through the gate, I pay for parking, I'm locking up my scooter, I check the time. Now the time is 1.14, okay, relative, right, relative to this timeline. Mm -hmm. Makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So it's 1.14, I'm like, okay, cool. So I go to the booth to get my ticket and I'm waiting in line. And I'm, there's a few people online, and I'm going to share a little nuances because it's cool. There's this really strange dog just standing in the middle of the people in line. He's looking the other way. And it was so interesting. I'm looking at this dog, and I get a text message from my friend. And she's having a trouble, like a challenging day, and she's like sharing with me through text, and I'm like holding space for her through text. And I'm waiting in line for maybe like five or so minutes. I get my ticket. I go to the bathroom, wash my hands, and I come back out, and she's still texting me. And then I go into the park, right, enter the park, and I'm like, man, I'm just texting her, I'm texting her, I'm like, I'm just going to give her a call. Right, and so I'm calling her. I'm trying to get service. I'm trying to find the place to get service. I walk back. I sit on this little rock. I finally get service, and I call her at 1:31. Okay, I had it on my phone. So from 1:14 to 1:31, I was waiting in line. Then I finally went to the bathroom, and then I came in, and I finally tried to get service, and then like sat down. Pretty relative to the timing, right? So about 20 minutes went by. So I'm sitting there. And uh, call her at 1.31. I wind up talking to her for 47 minutes. I know this because I, I have it I can, uh, captured on my phone. So as I'm sitting there, that random dog somehow got into the park, came over to me and put his head on my lap like he knew me. And, like, and put his head and just laid on my lap for like a few minutes as I'm talking to her. Okay, so a little nuance is really not significant but interesting. Um... And when I'm talking to her, and towards the end of our conversation, she's like, well, what's your plan? I'm like, well, I'm starting to get hungry. I didn't eat this morning. And I'm like, I just got to the park. I didn't explore anything. I'm like, I want to explore, get some guacamole, and then get to the cenote before 5 o'clock because the park closes at 5 and the cenote closes at 5. And I'm like, I check my phone, okay? Now pay attention. It's 2.10. And... And she's like, okay, well, she's like, oh, I really hope you get to do that. I'm like, thank she's like thanking me for, you know, giving her that time. And then she's like, tells me her mysterious story 
about her experience in Cobra and how she went up this pyramid and had this crazy experience. So I'm like, cool. I'm like, well, I got to go. So I wound up hanging up with her a few minutes after uh, 210, okay? And I hung up the phone. I'm like, okay, I'm off. So I'm walking, and it's this huge pathway into the park, right? And it has these trees encompassing the whole, like a road. It looks like a road. And you can even rent taxis, like a taxi driver and a bicycle to bring you down the road, or you can rent your own bicycle. But I chose to walk it. So I'm walking. And, I mean, I'm walking for a solid 10 minutes until I turn, finally get to the left, and I get to the first set of ruins, I'm like, oh, cool. So now I'm exploring and I'm just like looking and I'm feeling the place out. And then I go off and I go to the left there and I go through this little pathway and I see the first pyramid. And I'm like, whoa. And there's a rope that says it's blocked off. And a thought came in my mind. I was like, oh, well, Zoe climbed a pyramid. Maybe there's a pyramid that you can walk up and some you can't. I'm like, oh, that's silly. And I see something at the top. I'm like, oh, interesting. What's up there? And then I'm just like looking around and I see these ants. I'm taking Instagram stories. And I'm like, I'm just like videoing these like little ants on the pyramid. And like, I'm just, I'm just like exploring. And I'm exploring this place. Like, I'm not, I'm taking my time. So just think about that. I'm taking my time. Like, whatever, how much that was. And finish exploring that. I'm like, all right, let me keep going. I go through this little jungly area where it's kind of secluded. And then there's this like forest, like a light forest where you can kind of see through the trees and then the main path, but it's sort of secluded in the jungle. And I see this other pyramid and a rope that says it's blocked off and you can't go up. So again, I'm like, oh man, what's that? I'm like, this stinks. Why can't you go up? You know? And I'm just like looking around i'm like interesting then i'm looking around the back and i start going into the forest i'm looking around the back of the pyramid and then i'm in the jungle now and i'm walking and i start to go into like a meditative trance like things just start to go slower and like i'm hearing like the bugs and the birds and like the sounds of the forest and and i'm like looking at the roots of the trees and like i'm walking slower and i'm just like going into this like trance like state and i'm walking and i'm exploring like maybe 10 or so minutes through this jungly area and then I hear a voice and a voice <laughs> could be my own voice whatever voice this was but it was like really bold and came through through the right side of me it was just like walk up the pyramid and do a ritual at the top of the pyramid with the crystal that you have in your pocket <laughs> and so I'm like I'm like uh, I I only want to hear the voice of my highest self and my truth and no other voices, you know. And and I'm walking, and again, this voice comes in, go up the pyramid, do a ritual at the top of the pyramid with the crystal. I'm like, oh, man, interesting. What is this all about? So I walk back up around the pyramid where the rope is off, where the stairway is. Nobody's there. And I'm like, and I start feeling adrenaline in my body now. I'm like, oh, man. And I'm thinking, like, I didn't see any guards. Like, but if they caught me, would they, like, you know, would they, like, antagonize me? And, like, what would what would happen if I got caught? Like, and I'm just thinking, I'm like, I'm not doing it. Like, well, this is crazy. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to break the rules here. And especially it's Mayan land. Like, I'm not going to disrespect this land. And so I go back into the forest. And I'm just walking. And just about, like, 30 seconds or a minute later, it's just like, Go up the pyramid. <laughs> you hear this voice again. Do a ritual at the top of the pyramid with the crystal, like so direct. I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, oh man. So I go back to the where the stairs are and I'm looking around. 
and I'm my heart's beating fast and I'm like feeling this energy like from the ground up to my body like zoom zoom like and I'm like and I just start praying I'm just praying I'm praying and I'm like making sounds and I'm praying and I'm asking the land for permission first of all and and then I'm like if you really want me to do this if this is for the highest truth of goodness then give me a sign make me invisible give me a sign and guard me that's what I said and immediately when I said guard me this lizard thing leaps off the left side of the stairs of the pyramid airborne like floating in the air finally lands on the left um, left by my left foot and his arms are bulky looking out as if he was guarding the place <laughs> so I'm like oh man like to me that was a sign so I'm like all right like I'm doing this so I'm breathing and I just keep praying and praying and like my body's just like zoom 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 like beaming with this energy and I step over the rope and I step and I step and I step and I step and I'm getting up there up there and then I'm on the top of the pyramid and there's this like tree encompassing the top of it and I see this like this like uh, platform thing it looks like an open grave with a doorway and I'm on there and I'm praying and then I hear the voice coming again. It says, go through the door and put the crystal in the middle of the grave. I'm like, I ain't going through the door. I ain't doing that. Like, because it's like a little vortex door. I'm like, I ain't going through the door. It's like, go through the door. I'm like, fuck, man. So I had to crawl to get on my knees and walk through. And like, I just put my arm through this door and I put the crystal down there. And I just like, I don't even know what I was saying. I was just praying. And I finished the ritual. I turn around. I step down and down and down and down and down and I jump off over the rope and I land. I look around me and nobody saw me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fuck. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get back to the main path. So I, I try to go through the forest to get to the main path. There was like a spider web and there was like these trees and I even there was like this mushroom and I like took a video of the mushroom and like, and I'm just like trying to get through, but I couldn't, it was blocked off. So I had to actually come back towards that pyramid to the other pyramid, to the other set of ruins, and then back to the main path. As soon as I got to the main path, this American kid is flying on his bicycle and he slams on his brake in front of me. He looks at me, he's like, is that the pyramid that you can climb? He didn't see me. I'm like, uh, no. And then a couple was walking at the same time. He's like, do you want to know where the pyramid that you can climb is? They're like, uh, no. And then he just flies off. This <laughs> is so red. <laughs> it's like, that was weird. And I'm still kind of in this like meditative place, right? And I'm just walking. I'm walking. Now there's people passing me. And there's like this runner guy that's like running and walking, fast walking next to me. And then as I'm walking, th this couple was passing me. And these birds scurried to my right. And just think about timing. Think about what just happened, right? These birds scurried to my right, and I was like, ooh, well, I wonder if that's another mystery, right? And so I wait, and but it also got the attention of this man, of this couple, and he's waiting. He's looking around, and he's there for, like, minutes, right? And I'm just waiting for him to leave so I can go explore. He finally leaves. I go there, and it's nothing, right? It's nothing really that I saw that was significant. So I get back to the main path, and now I'm like, man, I'm like, I feel like, like, like an hour at least to an hour and a half went by. I'm like, 
It must be like 3.30, 4 o'clock. If the park closes at 5, I want to get some food and get this notate by 5. Like, I really want to get in the water. I'm like, fuck. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I barely explored anything. And so I'm, like, trying to figure out my day. And I'm like, oh, let me check my phone to see what time it is. And I pick up my phone. <laughs> and guess what time it is. It's 2.10. And and you kind of left around that time to go on that detour at two fifteen. I right? I left, yeah, like two fifteen. So I the, the I said it was literally two ten to my friend Zoe, and then a few minutes, uh, and then we ended the call like five minutes after that. And then you went on that mission, and then you came back, and it was the same. It time was two ten, and I like I felt this weird energy, and then I was just like. I wonder if the clocks got changed back. You know, I'm like, and I just kind of like discarded it. And then I went and I explored a little bit more. I kept checking the 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 um, the phone and it was 220. Then it was like 226. I kept checking, right? And then it was like 230. It was relevant to like what I was doing. And then I finally decided to walk out of the park. I finally got out of the park around 3. And then I was looking for this place to get guacamole, and I finally sat down around 320, and then I ordered, and it's like 333, I remember, and I like called my friend Zoe. I was texting her on WhatsApp, actually, and I was like, hey, did the clocks change back? She's like, no, that was last week. And in fact, I don't think Mexico even changed their clocks back in that part of the world. But uh, for everyone else, it was last week. And I was like, did... <laughs> Did I tell you, what time did I tell you it was? You said, oh, it was, you said it was around 2, two o'clock, 2.10. Two I was like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so anyway, I wind up getting to the snote just in time, and, and I, I got my guacamole with the snote, and I went home. Wow, okay. <laughs> All right, let me just add a little more spice to this guacamole, because I, I told this story briefly to you, but considering that's what we bought at that store, that's what we Zach bought was guacamole and coconuts. And uh, we were, just this was a few days ago for anyone that's listening, we were driving to, and th this is to add to this, uh, the obvious affirmation that the Mayans may have known or been dialed into something about time beyond a lot of modern humans. <laughs> Something with the, whether it's the Mayan calendar or if anyone's ever been to the Mayan ruins, the time seems to be a big topic, mm -hmm. and that they may have related to time differently than we do. Mm -hmm. And on that note, uh, recently driving around here on the Big Island before our retreat that we just accomplished, um, I was talk I was telling Zach and Lauren about the Mayan retreat that I went on uh, with Jill, our mutual friend, who was also part of Ten All In. And the meditation that we did on top of these ruins and just the trippiness of that area and about the Mayan ruins and the, where they, the ball game they play so that the winners get sacrificed. I don't know if you heard much about that. It's like really fascinating myth. And I don't mean myth is not being true. I just mean it's like a story. I'm not sure if what the heavens is going on with those Mayan stories. And as we we're talking about that, we passed by a coconut sign. I'm like, oh, coconuts! <laughs> so we turned around, we got coconuts, and this guy had awesome guacamole. So we bought guacamole, and then uh, we're on the Big Island of Hawaii. And then before I, right when I'm about to walk out the door, I see on a whiteboard that's written the word Koba, which is the, 
I that's the we we went to the main the one people were asking you about we went to that one that you can that's not roped off that you can walk to the top up I'm not even sure if that's the case anymore those things seem to change like Chitsunitsa forever has been to the Mayan ruins in the Cancun Tulum area is now roped off like the main one and Coba the main one is not roped off so we went to the top of the Coba one and and that was like oh my gosh I was like I asked the guy I'm like why what's what's Coba I'm like I asked him what's Coba and he's like that's a Mayan ruin and I'm like what why is that written on your wall? Or like I start, I was just like, what in the? And I, I ran to go get Deanna. I was like, uh, Deanna, you gotta come check this out. And before I did, he's like, and he pointed to his wall, and he has Mayan ruin mask all over the place. And then he like runs to his closet to pull out this huge Mayan uh, book. And one of the reasons I was talking about it was because I was reading the Stan Groff book that I was telling you about today. Um, that if you were listening to anyone that's listening, got to listen to the podcast with Kevin Orzelin to see how thick the synchronicity really is. Um, but that book, in the book, he was talking about a guy that went to a Mayan ruin, and it was like a psychoanalyst, and a voice came to his head, and it was very about sacrificing. He felt like he's. It was a different ruins. It was in Chapas, and it was like the oldest a planque, planque, and it was like one of the older ruins. And apparently, he had a voice in his head, and in his body started going crazy. And he felt like he was supposed to sacrifice himself. Oh my gosh! And then all these ants started biting him. Oh my gosh! All these and there's ants are definitely a big part of this Mayan metaphors and myth and and uh, I started reading that. That's what brought up the conversation with Zach and Lauren on the ride to where I met this mysterious Mayan guy on the Big Island of Hawaii. And then I started talking to him. I'm like I, st- I was like, why are you? Who are? Why are you so into Mayan history? And he went to he went to his first the first time he went to ruin it was to Palenque. And he went. He started telling me the story, and he put his head to like the top of the temple, and everything started moving so fast. The yeah. velocity of speed, like time, changed, and he started moving so fast. Mm-hmm. And he took his head off the. He couldn't handle it anymore. He told me, as he told me, he couldn't handle it anymore. So he took his head off the temple, and uh, and that, and then he's like, and then he got intrigued about Mayan history. Wow. <laughs> and then he started talking about Tulum, and then he recommended me going to the Ma- Haleakala sunrise on Maui, and I was like, with a full moon, and I was like, uh, I did that exactly 365 days ago. Wow. Maybe I was driving at the mountain at this point. Right now, so there's something with Mayans and time and mystery and me and you that's all very uh, alluring in a way. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. The Mayans and all these ancient civilizations have whole deep mystery. All of our lineages, even if you come from the Western world, most people in the United States don't realize that they're orphans. They're orphans from Europe. And the people from Europe don't recognize that they come from tribes as well. We've all come from tribes. And so, th- and we've all come from, I believe, originally from earth-based philosophies where we revered earth and we felt that earth, the sun, the moon, the trees, like the Celtics believe that the trees hold information about the land and how you can thrive in that area. Um, So there's just so much mystery. And I think that not only me and you, and we're having this, we're bringing awareness to our own mystery, and it's becoming like this cool experience to learn about ourselves and learn about the world. I believe everyone else has that mystery too. And it's just daring to believe in it but also like even like that guy that you know felt they had to sacrifice himself you can pick up on these dimensions of of the past and it's really important for me as i mature in in my awareness to not buy into uh any kind of energy that i'm picking up on but to stay super grounded that's why i was asking like 
only hearing the truth, the highest truth of my, of my voice. And what's interesting about that story? The book is the Holotropic Mind from Stan Stan Groff, and um, that book. The day I told you that this morning, the day I opened that book, I got a notification on my phone, and I rarely read books. I did that because Hal Elrod's episode. I got a notification on my phone that Stan Groff just got inter- interviewed by Tim Ferriss. I didn't even know Stan Groff was alive. So. Yeah, I could go on and on about mm-hmm. the story of synchronicity, and I know we're about 47 minutes in here on one of the modalities, and one of the modalities of tribe design mm-hmm. mystery. The other, <laughs> and I love once again reach out to me, Frank J, put a review on the podcast, however you want to. If there's some mystery that seems aligned with you, because I think there's something going on that's beyond our understanding that's very important to pay reverence to if we want to live an exciting, fulfilling life. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Also, I want to ask the question like. What do y'all think? What do y'all think about what happened with that time story? Because I started to get really curious about time because it was so funny that people in my circle were calling me out of always being late. And time this, you got to get better with your time. I actually bought a watch to keep time. Like it, like this time thing is like kept coming up before that. And then I had this experience where I it felt and from the surface looked like I went back in time. And I, I know a lot of people like probably relate to like something feeling like 15 minutes, but it was like three hours went by. But this was like an hour and a half went by, and then I, uh, I, and I, I, I <laughs> like I froze time in a way. So I started thinking about like people that are really powerful, that really are moving in in deep places. I wonder if like, like for example, like uh, Elon Musk. I wonder if he, people are so amazed about what he can get done. I wonder if he's hacking time. Not just being more productive, but actually manipulating time. Yeah, time is a big topic <laughs> for me. I, I briefly talk about in Breaking Normal that there's no waste of time because time is not even real necessarily. Not real in the way that I think most people think about it. It's a mystery, man. Um, <laughs> mystery of time. <laughs> and and on that note, I also want to say in that book, The Holotropic Mind, where I was using that example of the guy that went to Palenque that had that experience, he said it stopped when he – he went back to the roped-off area in the parking lot. So these people that are roping it off might know some things. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and while we marinate on your question, I'm curious to some questions for you to, to wrap this up somewhere before one hour and 11 minutes. Um, cool. What about, so mystery. I think we, and the way I describe mystery for the one of the, with four modalities of tribe design, which is an experience like a, I would say an upgraded sl- retreat slash festival hybrid experience where everyone gets to know everyone maybe more than they've ever been known before, and the idea is where everyone designs the strongest tribe as fast as possible, um, even beyond agreement. That's fine if people disagree with each other. How do we team up beyond agreement using the modalities of mystery being one of the four, and the other three being music movement and memetics and i'm curious what do those mean to you and not only the tribe design context but in your everyday life what is the benefit of someone diving more into movement and what kind of movement what from what you've studied and learned throughout your experience of time and space here on earth what about memetics and uh music yeah music music um wow this is so brilliant these modalities that have have been designed or recognized 
as we journeyed and brought diverse people together, it became obvious that music, we're all musical beings, that sound is the fa is one of the fabrics of reality, like sound and movement, movement and sound. I believe is that the foundation or the fabric of what our existence like before time was sound was vibration and so I feel it's incredibly important for the quality of someone's life and for the evolution of someone's path to make sounds and to discover the deeper deeper sounds inside their body and not just in music like like people in our society revere or honor people that have talent put them on a stage and then you know they it's amazing how uncomfortable someone gets even i've gotten in the past and still sometimes do starting to sing or or express myself and but it's really nice to look at someone in their elements almost a spiritual experience seeing somebody sing from their heart so it is it is a deep mystery in itself and it's like wow if we're musical beings if we're making these sounds like what really hit me is actually my speaking of my mind the mind di di dialect the the language holds these powerful sounds that actually they 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 were uh, an oral tribe where they passed along their stories orally they didn't write anything down the only things that were writing down were these sacred prayers that were given to the priests and were only spoken in very specific context because they were that powerful the sound was able to shape the energy and create a spell like this was very known in these ancient traditions so it's like sound is so so important and it's a deep mystery and so going back to a more practical level it's just making sounds knowing what your the sound of your heart actually sounds like like what's the sound of your heart sound like and moving from deep what does the sound of your core sound sound like what so it's like moving and these ancient sounds the drum and the rattle these are all so important for our activation as humans and movement uh, movements and uh, on the mu the music the music yeah I like how you said there's a mystery I love how the all the four modalities of the ethos of tribe design is overlapping and individual just as I think me and you and everyone that's listening to this yes they were individuals and seemingly connected and uh, the music I did want to say that you know so that w this the universe seems like it means one song if i look at that word one song and i do think that there is a heavenliness in harmonizing our sounds with one another and they yes we do spell with our words we do cast spells with our words and i bet uh, it was i bet and especially in the earlier cultures where language made, was even newer it was it was obvious how powerful it is, and I think it still is obvious how powerful it is. But I don't know if everyone else understands that. Hence, why they might be listening to the radio or television, mm. um, without with with like what is being maybe what's available rather than choosing very wisely. <laughs> choose wisely. Very choose wise. wisely what you listen to, my friends. <laughs> wow. So there's some music of my perspective, and then you were about to move to movement. If movement. I'm the, the movement movement. The movement, movement. Whoa. 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 Like, what I see is just, it's moving energy in the body. 
how can we truly feel the the how it, for example like these emotional states that I I perceive in my subjective reality, like I can be in emotional states where the whole world is like colorless and it's just cold. Like I've experienced like dark, like darkness, like, oh man, this place is horrible. And then I've experienced like pure color and, and like warmth and love. And it's like the only thing that was different was my emotional state. It's really crazy to me. Like I can be in the same room and feel so different and have a complete different experience and so movement is is life like movement is life like never stop moving like on a fundamental energetic level everything is always moving so if we are not moving whether that's physically emotionally mentally and spiritually it is like it's it's going it's counterintuitive it's going against our nature and it's funny how our world, our amazing evolving world, or the societies in these worlds, in these layers of worlds that we're in, um, are very stagnant. Like sitting down, working. It's like it's like designed not to move. Yeah, but just be comfortable. You don't have to move. Here, we'll give everything for you. Just get comfortable. What do you need? You need to be warm. Do you want heat? Here, we'll give you heat so you don't have to feel uncomfortable. It's like trying to avoid pain, I think, is the biggest mistake humans can make as a, as a collective race. Because pain is not necessarily pain. It's just uncomfort. And in fact, it is the gateway to pure enlightenment. It is a gateway to ecstasis. Like, I see you, you do your morning rituals, and I imagine there's thresholds of resistance like oh I gotta do it but it's like i'm gonna do it the will strengthens every time you go through a threshold of resistance or an uncomfort or slight pain like whether the, the pain is subtle or it's very big by being able to force your will through that it strengthens your spiritual power and spiritual power i mean is like your ability to say i'm doing this and doing it it's will and i think that our i think a lot of people have have weakened their will unconsciously and we have a whole society that's like sure can't keep weakening it here's some food here's some heat <laughs> you know here's a chair here's a computer here's a tv station to watch reality so you don't have to actually live it just keep working <laughs> yeah that was a big part of the podcast right before this with rafe that we talked about how uh like social media could be porn for friendships and how like YouTube could be porn for um, actually experiencing things, and there's also porn for sex. It's it's a pretty. It, it reminds me of this story that I've heard that I've met these guys in a restaurant in Sydney, and I think they were quoting Alan, Alan Watts or someone. But they this fi uh, parable about a king who had everything at his fingertips. He eventually gained everything to where whatever he could push a button, and whatever he pushed would come to him. To where the only thing he actually craved pushing anymore was a mystery. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> 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 he so it was like, welcome to reality, guys. That, 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 I mean, for me, my takeaway, I'd be curious what that means to you. But for me, my takeaway is like, great. oh, the gift is now. And the treasure is, is hidden in plain sight. And the, 
wanting of more is also a gift, but be understand what you're doing by wanting more. It's a kind of a game of hide and seek because here it all is. here it all is. Mysterious, eternal now. Yeah, Whew. like I just really, I really want people to move. I want to move more. It's a constant opportunity for me to, to choose the higher path. And to me, that's like moving, moving, like literally moving, even if it's uncomfortable, even if there's resistance, even if my environment's not supportive, like it's like, I'm going to create my environment. I'm going to move anyway, like physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, uh, it's like, uh, I'm going to move. <laughs> it's like, I don't see, <laughs> I'm scared. I'm actually scared. One thing is I'm scared not to move. And and obviously we can speak in many contexts. Like for sure, stillness is power. But I believe there's movement in stillness. That's the wishita, which is uh, uh, an old native song. Wishita, do ya, do ya, do ya, and it means like the movement in stillness. So it's like it's finding that like, boom. That's enlightenment. Like you're able to sit still and you're able to move. But essentially, when you're sitting still, your spirit's moving fast. That's how you gain power is through silence. You, I'm gonna start going on rants, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's all very aligned. This is all it's it all fits in. I feel like an incredibly true stories unfolding with this podcast and with tribe design and our partnerships and our individual missions. And I know your okay. individual mission is taking you to your next call. So uh, before we go, I mean, we we. I'd be curious. We could do a little rapid-fire questioning. I like that. We didn't speak about memetics, though. In memetics, that that being said, tell, pour on some special sauce for what you feel about memetics. Memetics is, to me, how we're defining or how we see ourselves and the world and each other. These memes that may or may not have come from us. We may ha or may have not consciously chose them and the human psyche i believe is designed to stay consistent with how it defines itself so if there's a cultural meme inside your head about what men are or what women are what marriage means or what sex means or what religion means these things become a feeling or reality so again it connects to that language of these spells and um and I'm really curious of like upgrading and I learned this a lot from you is like really upgrading, being so selective with the memes of what we choose to to define our reality. And I'm also really interested in how do we communicate without words and make that a bigger, more aware reality as well. Like how do we go beyond memes? Yeah, memes are powerful. I mean, it's the genetics of culture. It's It can go all the way from ideas to the symbols. Like a symbol, in Chi a Chinese symbol doesn't cultivate as much in me, probably or conjure up as much to me in an obvious way as like an American symbol does. What does that tell us? Mm. I want everyone to really feel into that one. That I could see a symbol, whether it's a cross, whether it's an ohm symbol, whether it's a letter, whether it's several letters combined in a certain sentence that could conjure up so much feeling in me. And if it was the same meaning but in a different symbol, I might not even be able to recognize it. So what does that mean? 
What does that tell you all about programming? And that's uh, the asking that question is, and then answering accordingly to the inspired action from our highest self is what I would say breaking normal is a lot about. And that said, that being said, um, you want to do three minutes of rapid fire question and answers? Sounds Just good. right quick, quick, hard on questions. I ask you questions too. Yeah, we'll go, yeah, we'll go, go we'll back go, and forth. Go, go. You want to go first? Yeah. All right. Well, actually, that's my first question. Want to go first? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what do you what do you believe in? Um, when I'm living, I think be li- when I think of be be live be live I, or believe I think of be living, and I'm like, what am I? Li-? Probably what I believe in is what you see me doing, and how you see me living my life. So my actions are what I believe in I, accordingly to my actions. <laughs> What turns you the most on about a woman? Ooh, love this question. The way she moves in her body, how she moves in the most subtlest and most obvious way. It's like the embodiment of like sensuality and, and femininity, movement of her. If you were going to go away on a pilgrimage for 30 years and you were not going to see Davina again until 30 years from now and you had to leave her with one postcard like a, like a, like a like a sticky note and you can only write on that sticky note the message of her father and what would you write to her Do it now. <laughs> I slightly resent you for that question, <laughs> and I appreciate you for it. I'm like, ah, oh, and and it's it's kind of on brand with the sense of like, oh, the first thing I would do maybe is bend time. <laughs> yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Um, and or not even remember that future. So, oh, I had. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah, I, I, I confess, you're qu- I'm con- recovering from your question. Let's see. Oh, out of our, our relationships since we've met, what's been a, what's a high point that you think of when I ask you that? Out of our relationship? Yeah, out of our relationship. What's been our high point? Like, what's one of the high points that first sticks out? Because I know we've had a lot of crazy experiences. Oh, I remember... The day before our first international tribe design, we were staying on this farm. That this ran, again, a synchronicity ran into a woman. She gets us a property exactly when we needed it, and mm-hmm. and this farm. And we were looking out at the stars. Me, you, and Tyson. We were lighting like mm-hmm. sage, and we were sitting there, and we were just like, we did it. <laughs> and there was a moment there that like a feeling of just like, all right, well, it's just like it's like it was almost like that was like the beginning of a contract in a way, like. Like, all right, we're doing this. We did it. And uh, that was pretty significant. And that's three minutes. And what I would say so fascinating about that is, too, the lady that invited us to that property was they just bought that property, and they were doing, like, a land clearing that day. Mm-hmm. Some strange mystery as well. Mm-hmm. And here we are doing some kind of ceremony. That I don't know what we knew, if we knew what we were doing. But I agree. That was a significant moment. I'm happy you reminded me of that. And that uh, being said, do you have any uh, words you would that you – aim to leave us with before we say 
Uh, uh, what is it? Hooey ho. Hooey ho. <laughs> wow. Uh, yes, I would love everyone listening to really begin the quest if you're feeling called in your heart to choose faith over fear and to trust the guidance of Daniel. Like Daniel has been hosting retreats for over a decade and he's just, he, you're a great teacher. Like you're a great mirror uh, by how you embody your life. And um, I've seen you transform many people's lives. And tribe design is a phenomenal experience. And it's not just an experience, but now it's a traveling tribe. And there may be a location in the future where it'll be more hubbed, but it's like really unique individuals that are allowed to be individuals and supported for their individuality. It's freedom. It's a freedom tribe. And um, it's just the beginning of it. So I really ask anyone that's like feeling called to find their tribe and to step into their greatness and you're seeking guidance or support, like get in proximity, reach out to Daniel, go along the journey and uh, choose faith over fear. Nice. I, I, I thought I had something else to say and I probably could come up with all kinds of things, but I also want to leave it a mystery for myself and the viewers and maybe I'll check in whether it's on the outro or some other time. Yeah. Thanks for reminding us of the the magic of the mystery and how there's huge riches in revering it. Yeah. Yeah. Just I want people to really think about the word mystery. That's what I, I just, throughout this next week, just think about the word mystery and ask yourself, well, what does that mean? And then when you come up with an answer, ask yourself, well, what else does that mean? And when you come up with another answer, what does that mean? Or what else can it mean? And feel that. And be okay with not knowing. Like, how good can you feel with not knowing? <laughs> Rasta. All right, cool. All right. This is fun. Thank you. What I don't know is I don't know. What I know is that I don't know. And therefore I know. And if someone knows that they don't know everything, or if they know they, if there's something that you know that you don't know that you don't know, then how can you know anything? <laughs> this boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, everyone. I trust y'all are so enjoying these transmissions, becoming more of an in a state of awe, more in a state of joy, bliss, blessed. The attitude of gratitude is growing in you. You're becoming a magnet for unavoidable success more and more every day, so you're experiencing life in the most heavenly way you ever have now, and that it only gets better from here on out. That's my prayer for us, and that we're uh, giving our gifts generally, generously, generously that uh, our cups are spilling over, and if we want to get something to give it. I'll probably leave this outro the same for my episodes I'm recording out here on the Big Island because, honestly, wow, it's been a lot to keep up with. With traveling with uh, our baby and Deanna and all these different climates, like literally someone can drive to snow, to the beach, to the desert, to valleys, to rivers, all in one day on this island. And with my ambition for adventure, it's been pretty. It's been a pretty fun opportunity to stay grounded and also 
prioritize this podcast and my other projects that are built around my passion. If you want to team up with me right now, I think our number one offering that I'm most excited about is uh, on February 22nd, we'll launch our next Tribe Design Facilitator training for up to 22 people. That What that looks like is a month-long virtual training. It's awesome, life-changing. I mean, if you're attached to seeking affirmations for your limitations or you're looking to surround yourself with people that don't hold you accountable to your highest, it's probably not for you. But if you're ready to go all in on your dreams and start living like today is the best day ever, and we're not sure how many days we'll have, but we're willing to go all in in the meantime, this is for you. If you want to cultivate the art of being able to design a tribe wherever in the world you go, that you just become a a magnet for connection and that you understand how to connect people, even if they don't agree with one another, able to uh, basically be a catalyst for heart sync over group think. If that's something you're looking for or being able to facilitate retreats that get you paid to share your passion in a way that feels good and makes like money more clean in my opinion. I think a lot of people think money is dirty because they're trading their time doing something they don't want to do to see numbers move on their screen. And that's one of those moments I would ask you to ask how much is making this money costing me? How much is saving money costing me? And to treat money as there's no shortage of it because in reality money is made up and how can something made up be scarce? So I trust all these podcasts and transmission are getting you to go all in on your dreams and passions beyond your stories around money, time, or space because those seem the cultural norms that most people are ready to break through to start living a more liberated life rather than under someone else's ploy. So if this resonates with you, go ahead and send your application in today at internationaltribedesign.com and one of our awesome team members will get back to you to explore if you're a good fit because if you are, we want you to start running retreats around the world, designing tribes based on what lights you up the most. Build the people and the places will come. And that seems to be a real reality here. While I've been out here in Hawaii, so many people want to show me their the lands they're stewarding, the retreat centers they're building, the ideas around designing functional tribes that are thriving rather than the vicious circle of some of the cultures that are not working. It's been such an inspiring trip, and uh, I'm, I'm wanting to team up with the people that are taking the time out of their day to tune in and listen to these ideas about Breaking Normal. And if you're ready to take action, hit me up, breakingnormal.com. I trust if, if you're feeling the call, we'll see you in Austin and uh, we'll get you trained to start facilitating your own events and maybe some even tribe designs. That's what's happening in Austin. Three people that have gone through the program are actually facilitating this event. And our intention is to show up as either supporters or a special guest, but more as a um, as experiencing the experience as an attendee, like maybe you who's listening will be. So if you're ready to celebrate life in a tribe design in one of the greatest places on earth, the greatest time to be there, I'm trusting I'll see you in my inbox or I'll see an application from you and we'll get ready to party in all the cool ways, all the ways that make everything better. This is not like an experience of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It's like what happens at a tribe design upgrades everything forever. Hmm. Aloha, y'all. Keep breaking normal.